and God who is to come. We serve the ancient of days and we thank you that as we gather in this place today, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, 24, the blood of Jesus speaks. It speaks better things than the blood of Abel. The voice of the blood is the loudest voice in the atmosphere and it speaks on our behalf. It says we are redeemed. It says we are forgiven. It says we are washed. It says we are the inheritance of the Lamb. It says we are in His hand and no one can snatch us out of His hand. It says we are the apple of His eye. It says it was for our sake that He came. But the Bible says He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And Father, we thank you. John 3, 17. The Bible says the Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but that the world might have life through Him. And we also know John 10, verse 10, the enemy does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Bible says you have come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And so we thank you, O God, that we we are those who have inherited life. We are heirs to life. We have inherited everything that has to do with life. We have inherited peace. We have inherited joy. We have inherited healing. We have inherited prosperity. We have inherited blessing. We have inherited favor. We have inherited grace. And Father, today, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon this meeting. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Christ. And I pray according to Matthew 6, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray, Father, that everyone gathered in this room, I pray that your kingdom be established in their marriage, in their finances, in their careers, in their families, in their children's life. For it is your will that it be so. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say amen. Amen. We may be seated. Hey, come in, link us with Jesus. We greet you, Bazoni. Come in, link us. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. We greet our our visitors today. Thank you, ma'am, for coming. Not a visitor. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, ma'am. Bless you. Thank you, ma'am. Bless you. Uh, we greet Bazoni. There's a lot of people who are not here today who have gone to this um, one in Joburg. His mom, uh, yeah, a lot of people, uh, and he's not here, and it's about the, amen. And ma'am, she's gone away. That's all right. Okay. That's wonderful. Okay, that's fine. We, we pray that you can put the light on. We welcome all of you. Morning. Amen. Uh, we announcement we had promised last week that we are going to have some announcement concerning with Zobe Senzani uh, this uh, this in the next four months. Uh, we we don't have those, Mam uh, Tabashe. I believe we don't have those today, so we are going to communicate those via the, the group. And then next week we will come and then consolidate them. Amen. Amen. Uh, so thank you very much for for coming. Today we are we are covering what we are calling a, the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesus in the Ephesian book. Yeah. He talks about the armor. What the armor? He 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 writes to the church in Ephesus. I must say Ephes. There are six chapters in that particular epistle or a letter. And in the last chapter, he addresses something called the armor of God. Amen. Amen. How many of you know that you are in a war? Yes. You know that you are yes. in a battle? Yes. Amen. So it is important that Ezum Zalwana, you understand that you are in a war. I know that as we were growing up, we thought that going to church was just good enough for me to be a good husband, be able to love my wife and take care of my kids. Just be a good man in society, and that was it. But we have uh, since discovered that no, there, there is an enemy 
This is why God is militarizing. How to militarize? Ibanda. Uh, in other words, God wants you to know that if you don't understand certain things and you don't fight the preordained destiny that God has for you, you may actually go to heaven when you die, but you you won't have fulfilled what you were born and created to do. God placed us here on earth for a specific reason. There's a purpose for our being on earth. It's not good enough to pray and say, Father, I want to go to heaven. Uh, we don't, we are, we are not here to just, just leave, come to church and die, go to heaven. There are things God wants done in the earth. And he uses uh, an entity called the body of Christ, called the church. Uh, Tito only works through the church on earth. Whatever he wants to do and accomplish in the nations of the world, he will do that through the church. That is you and I. Amen. Uh, he, will never, he will never impose his will upon the nations. He always comes by invitation, not invitation. And then he lands on earth one solitary time. And whoever invites him into his or her life, that person becomes an entry point for God to access the earth. So if God wants to come to the city, he will look for people to come. We become a portal or a window, an opening through whom God begins to make himself available in the air. So when the Bible says, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth, it's going to be done through the church. It's through people. It's through us. Amen. We are the hands of the Lord. We are his eyes. We are his feet. We are the body of Christ. Members uh, put together we form the body of Christ. So he walks upon the earth still through the church. Yeah. Say amen. amen. Now, I've been telling you for weeks now that Jeremiah, we're going to come back to that almost every second week or almost all the time because according to our vision, we, we, we gather here to restore destiny. Not destiny. destiny. Every family has a destiny. Yeah. Every marriage has a destiny. Every business has a preordained destiny. Every church and ministry has a destiny. Every nation has a destiny according to heaven. Now, we also understand that we we, we have, of course, uh, an enemy that we are dealing with. So, in the book of Ephesians, please go there in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to verse number 18. Verse 10 to number 18. We are going to read from verse number 10. Are you there? Say amen when you get there. Now it says there, finally. How to finally? Finally. Finally. Now we know that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter uh, in a Roman prison. Why Valel? So he, he, he would write, they are called epistles or letters. They were not in a Bible format as we find it today. There were letters and these were given to certain people to, to be read in churches. Amen. So this particular letter was, was, was written when he was in prison. We also know that Iban Ephes was very dear to his heart because he had spent three years there. So these were people that he was very close to. And we also know that there is no second letter to the book of Ephesus. So whatever he's addressing in the last chapter, knowing fully well that he might not actually meet these people ever again. So this is his parting shot. He's saying, if I am killed, if I don't make it out of prison, this is what I want you to remember. It says, finally, I've written chapter 1, glorious things, uh, Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the Lord who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And your verse 4 talk about we have been preordained. And verse 7 it says we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been forgiven every sin. So he has covered visions 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5. Now he gets to 6. Chapter 4 he talks about the, the fivefold ministry. He says if you want to govern the church. If the church is going to be effective in the earth ensure that there is divine order and there is good government in the church. So he covers all these things. Now he, in, this, in his last chapter, almost the last paragraphs before he sends a man called Tychicus of Ephesus. 
he sends him, he says, now go, let them read this as I might not even see them ever again. So the man called Tychicus, he, sa- he goes and he reads it. Now, he says, finally, out of finally. finally, he says, finally, you, you, you are going to be very strong. Amen. Yeah. You are going to be very strong. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord yeah. and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He says to them, even as I, as I leave you, I don't know what the, what the rulers of Rome are going to do to me, but there is a possibility that I might not see you ever again. If it does happen, I want you to know that you're going to have to be very strong. He says, be strong. Yes. Be very strong. He says, as though being strong is not good enough, he says, you will have to cover yourself. You will have to cover yourself because of what you have to contend with in the earth. Your calling is too strong. Your calling is too heavy. And there is an enemy who will always push against you manifesting the will of God in the earth. So he says you're going to have to cover yourself or protect yourself. He says you're going to need an armor. An armor. He says you may not need a a, a steel armor. A steel armor. Now, there is a steel armor. Amen. You may not need that because, you see, this will not do. Because he he has said, your enemy is not natural. That's good enough if you're going to be fighting earthly battles. You are dealing with Boko Haram or Al-Qaeda or whatever other threat in the earth. Then you might actually be able to use this. You, you, you. You may not even need any other vibranium kind of protection. That won't help, Joshua, when it comes to principalities and powers. Yeah. I want you to know that this is why I put it up there so that the young kids will know. Because these are projected as our superheroes. Because yeah. it's wonderful entertainment. We watch those things. Now, the particular shield that you see there is made up of, 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 of something so strong. It's called um, vibranium. What is vibranium? Now, according to Ephesians 6, that will not do. It will not protect you against what the enemy wants to throw at you. He says, even if you were to put on the Iron Man's armor, which is made of titanium, Titanium. (laughs) it won't do. These boys will not do. Because principalities and powers don't, don't, don't care about that stuff. They, they, they attack you in the realm of the soul. Yeah. You can be wearing that thing and be driven mad in your head. Inside. You can twist your, your, your mind and be delirious in your head. Wearing that stuff, walking all over the place, eating yourself all over the Because he deals with your inner being. Yeah. He says you will need to be really, really strong. You must put not this armor, but you must put what? The armor of God. Out the armor of God. Out the armor of God. Why? Because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, for me, that is one of the most scariest scriptures in the Bible. When you realize that the enemy that you are dealing with is, is, is not flesh. It has no blood flowing in it. Yeah. It, has, it has no flesh and bones. Yet it is still your enemy regardless of what... It does not have the limitations that you and I have. Yeah. Yeah. Now, your enemy does not tire. Agabina exhaustion. Uh, he does not... There's not something called fatigue. They don't, they don't go through that. They don't eat. They don't sleep. They don't drink. They don't go on vacation. They don't go uh, and take breaks. 24-7, their assignment is, is to ensure that they frustrate your life. They frustrate your marriage. They frustrate your purpose. They frustrate your destiny. That's their agenda. They don't slumber. They don't sleep. They leave to ensure 
that whatever God had preordained for you never sees light of day. That's why they exist. That's why they are there. Now that's why now the Apostle Paul says you will have to be really strong. You must be really strong. You need to cover yourself with the armor of God. Say amen. Amen. Now he says because our enemy is not natural. In actual fact, they are supernatural. Or just supernatural. They are superhuman. Now if you are dealing with a being like that, you better know your story. You better know how to fight. Because they walk through walls. They fly. They listen into discussions. They can be in here now. They they are supernatural beings. Say hallelujah. Because I am hoping that when what we minister to you today will will change your prayer life. When you begin to pray, you will know exactly what is at stake. So he tells him, he says, you do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities. Or the principality. Principalities. You see in the word principality, there's prince there. Yeah. Now note that. Against powers. Or powers. powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Or the rulers. rulers. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Or the hosts. Oh. In the heavenly. So these are high ranking officials. Yeah. In the kingdom of the enemy. It's not just little demons on earth. These are beings, I'm going to tell you later on, they are in the second heaven. They they control cities. They rule over families and tribes and kingdoms. They are, in answer, on every one of those things, you can put a crown because one is a principality, one is a ruler. They they are high-ranking officials. Now, you you will understand that such an enemy they are fighting against a Christian who probably prays five minutes a day most of whom cannot give you a scripture they haven't memorized one scripture but they know the lyrics of all the songs of Beyonce now the way it looks this war is one-sided the way it looks, uh, they're going to take over the world with the caliber of the army that the Lord God has in the earth today. So this is why the Lord is militarizing the church. He says, don't get stuck in your churches and just blessing each other. Know what's going on. Yeah. I have an inheritance. Yeah. I paid the price on the cross. And yours is to go and possess. I paid for your future. I paid for your destiny. I paid for you to live a great life in the air. But I want you to go and fight for it. Because as much as he had given them the land, the the Israelites, he said, go and possess the land. He said, I have given it to you, but they still had to get up. Get a sword and get a shield and run towards the enemy. That's what the Lord expects of us. It does not mean that because I am now born again, everything is just going to flow. Never. He will never allow for you to have a great life. He will frustrate you. And then you remember, it seems as if things used to flow. I had money. You know, I was just fine before I accepted Jesus. As soon as I declared, would I serve the Lord? You declared yourself an enemy. Enemy number one. Then you became a target of the enemy. And he leaves to frustrate you until such time that you quit. And turn around and go back to him. Amen. So he says, the, the, the Apostle Paul continues and he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. How to stand? Stand, therefore, having gathered your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet 
with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith or the shield of faith, shield of faith. with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation or the helmet of salvation, helmet of salvation. and the sword of the spirit or the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints amen now what one thing we know Bazalwani as you get into it one thing we know is that God has a future for you. How did God has a future for me? No, you and I have a future. But what we do not know is how our future looks like. Because we know that the enemy also has a future for you. He has envisioned a future for you. In actual fact, he wishes you were dead last week. He wishes your face was bent in half. He wishes you are crippled already. It's an irritation that you can smile still, that in spite of what he has put you through, you're still sitting here looking all beautiful. It frustrates him. He wishes something would happen to your kid. So that even if you do prosper, you get a promotion at work, but because of this one child, you, have, you never have peace. Those are the things we, we live to fight for. He wishes that even if you make it in your career, but your husband or your wife frustrates you or something something must happen to ensure that you never experience the fullness of joy remember the Lord said I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly in other words life that abounds in so we know that how do we know that the enemy has a future for you he has planned something because if you study in the uh, book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 4 you can just write it down when he interacts with Adam he says you will not in other words whatever God has told you whatever God said will happen in your life if you do this or if you don't do this whatever God says you will not so he is telling him you will not. And then he says, you will be. In other words, whatever I tell you, you will be. So he has in his mind an idea of how he wants to see you in the next 10 years. And I must tell you today, it does not look pretty. It is the total opposite of your preordained destiny. This is why in our own families, we have people that we are struggling with, we are praying for. I have my own brother who is on drugs and I'm trusting God for him. And I know that what I see in his life is the total opposite of what God has preordained for his life. Remember we said that there is a book in heaven concerning your life. In Jeremiah he says, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. And there are things I said about you. Before any of your days came into existence, they were all written. So there is a book on in the heavens concerning all of us. So the enemy has an idea of what he wants to see you in your life. And then he will lift you up as a trophy before God. And yes, I have him. I have her. Whatever always did not happen. And you become a trophy in hell. And that's what the Apostle Paul is trying to address. He's saying, you will have to fight. Because your enemy is ruthless. How to ruthless? Ruthless. How ruthless? Ruthless. Now, I must give you a certain background uh, this morning before we get into the actual armor. Because I, I, I like giving context. So that you understand things in a certain broader context. Now, 
according to the scriptures, because I want you to understand why your prayer life must change. Why you must pray more than just what you says when you are traveling, message, Amen. I want you to learn to be a warrior. How to warrior. Warrior. Amen. Fight for yourself, fight for your family, for your kid, for everybody. Now, according to Genesis 1, verse 1, the Bible in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Out heavens. heavens. Now, note that the heavens is in plural. Yeah. It does not say God created heaven and earth. Yeah. It says God created the heavens and the earth. In other words, heavens in plurality. It's not just one. Now, there's a reason why I need to explain that to you. Uh, So, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2 to 4, there's something called the third heaven. Not the third heaven. Let's go to third heaven. Now, there's no one who has captured heaven before. There's no one who knows how heaven looks like. It's an artist impression. They try to capture what they can, but it's not what God has. So they try to capture it. So there's something called third heaven. Now, the Bible says, I know a man in Christ. Please write the scripture down. 2 Corinthians 12, 2-4. I know a man in Christ who, 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Now, if there's a third heaven, there must be a second heaven, and then there must be a first heaven. You cannot talk about a third heaven without a first heaven and a second heaven. Now, we know that in Ephesians 6 verse 12, it relates to us about the second heaven, our second heaven. As much as the word second heaven does not appear, but we know according to scripture. Now, Ephesians 6.12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Where? In the heavenly places. Now, second heaven is where principalities and powers, all the dark rulers, all the fallen angels live. That's their dwelling place. You have the third heaven. That's where God and the angels, the host of heaven, all the cherubs and the seraphim, all the angels in heaven, all the saints of old, that's where they are. Now, second heaven, below that, you have where, what do you call the headquarters of wickedness? It's the second heaven where all the fallen angels, the dark angels, that's where they are. We also know that according to the Bible, there is something called the first heaven. Now, first heaven is what you see with your naked eye. Yeah. When you look up, when you see the stars, uh, you see all whatever that you can capture with the Hubble telescope. When you see on TV, whatever they can capture, that is the first heaven. We know that is true because the Bible talks about, it says you also multiply their children as the stars of heaven. So. The stars, that's the first heaven. Yeah. If you can see it, it's the first heaven. See, if I can see it, it's the first heaven. Now, the second and the third heaven, those are spiritual uh, atmospheres, which we cannot capture with the whatever sophistication on our technology. You can never capture the second and third heaven. All right. So, why, 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 why are we discussing that? Then the Bible says God created the, the heavens and the earth. The earth is where we are, you and I. God brought us here. We interact. No matter through our five physical senses. We can touch, we can smell, taste. God placed us here and He gave us a body. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. But primarily you are a spirit. Say I'm a spirit. I am a spirit. But for me to be able to function on earth, just like if you go to the moon, you must have a, a, a space suit so you can survive there. You get a space suit. If you go under the waters in the sea, for you to survive under waters, you need a, a, a special suit to survive there. When God put us in the earth to be able to do His will in the earth, He created a body, out body, and He put you in the body. 
so that you can be able to function in the earth and fulfill his earthly mission during whatever time frame he has given you so we are not physical just physical people we are spirit beings we are here to fulfill god's mandate and mission when you are done when god says your time is up you have fulfilled your purpose then you leave the body this is why but but you can still see the body but when you have left the body and you have gone back to the spirit realm from which you came all of us here we issue from the bosom of elohim we came from god the father and god located two people he called them your parents and a seed was planted by your father to your mother by divine purpose and she conceived you why so you can come here and fulfill his divine purpose in the end now sometimes the minute it happens that myself i was born out of wedlock in other words my mom and my dad were not married it doesn't matter how it happened the fact of the matter is now you are here somewhere somehow now you are here now because i am here i must fulfill the mandate that god has given me now created the heavens and the earth now the kingdom of uh, of the spirit there's two there's a kingdom of light or kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness now that's important to know because when you pray and close your eyes don't just see darkness and you know i want you to get into it and know what you are dealing with so in the spirit realm there are two kingdoms kingdom of light that's where god is god and king and there are angels and the lord jesus and then there's the kingdom of darkness it's all devils it's all demons it's everything that has to do with satan and wickedness yeah. say amen. amen now i want you to know that works in partnership or partnership with the church of jesus yeah. christ yeah. amen amen hey the kingdom of darkness works the opposite way but we are in the kingdom of light out in the kingdom of god seeks to ensure what looks like what god has preordained that's that's their agenda whatever manifests in the earth must look like what god had planned that's what they do so for that to happen they partner with the church they work through nations in the earth who are washed in the blood so that as we begin to pray as we begin to intercede we transform cultures yeah. the way people think on earth we give them a new way of thinking yeah. a new way of problem solving the a new world view so that they begin to see the world through the eyes of god okay. now the kingdom of darkness is total opposite or total opposite the kingdom of darkness they don't have church they have something called the world system or the world system now the world system is a is a league of satan's allies it's 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 all principalities it's all rulers all fallen angels demonic spirits and human beings who have not given their lives to the lord everyone who is not a born again christian at any given moment they can be whispered to that's why we have murders that's why you have suicide bombers because whatever agenda the kingdom of darkness has they can only fulfill it through a person if the enemy is going to curse you he will curse you through a human being so he works then with anybody on earth this is why the lord jesus says go and make ye disciples of all nations so that people on earth are governed by the law of god the law of light the law of heaven the way they think even to what if a man looks at a woman the way he crosses his head as as he looks at a woman must be informed by the spirit of god and righteousness if he is controlled and he belongs to the league of wickedness the enemy can whisper any nonsense in him. this is why he can rape a 3 year old baby yeah. because he is influenced or influenced, influenced. But none of our kids are outside 
Somebody streaming. Okay, there's somebody there. Now I want you to understand that Bazalwan. So anybody who is not born again, whether it's a family member or it's a friend, entertainers, celebrities, a colleague, some church leaders, business people, if they don't have the spirit of God in them at any given moment, they can be used as an agent of the enemy for him to fulfill whatever he wants to frustrate you. Your boss on the particular day you are so happy. He just come and just give just tell you some nonsense. And you feel your world just turning upside down. Because they that's who they are. They are on earth to frustrate everything the Lord wants to do in and through your life. Say amen. amen. So our mission, therefore, this is why we, we, we need to go to that um, the Ephesians 6. I want to understand why Paul speaks the way he does. Yeah. He has all this in mind. By the time he says, be strong in the Lord. Yeah. He has all this information. You know, when we read the Bible, we read it out of context. We don't have the totality of, um, of facts in front of us. We look at scriptures in isolation. And because of that, we tend to as responding. Then the responding in his word. So he says, now after having seen all this, he, he instructs them. He says, put on the armor of God. Because there's an enemy out there who hates you. He says, stand therefore, having gathered your waist with truth. So now let's begin. Now the first thing on your armor is something called the belt of truth. How the belt of truth? How the belt of ibande like iniso. Now it is mentioned. It is the first one that appears on the list. The belt of now we need to talk about that. What is the correlation? What is the importance? Why? is mentioned first I would have thought that maybe the sword of the spirit would be mentioned first or the shield of faith he mentioned something that seems so insignificant says the belt of truth stand therefore having gathered your waist with truth now let me explain to you uh, because he uses ama Roma, ama Sosha, ama Roma. That's the analogy he uses to to do this. Now, when they uh, put on the armor, he bandeleli secured almost everything ababekogi because the the breastplate of righteousness was secured in the belt. Otherwise, it would flap in the wind as he ran. Uh, he would put his sword. There was a clip here. He would put his sword there. And we are also told that even if uh, his armor, he was not using it, I mean his shield, yeah. there was another clip here. Now, this one is a bit big. But there were those old round ones that they used to. If he was not using it, he would then clip. So the, 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 the belt was, was key. If a soldier was serious about winning his battle, he had to ensure that he had the belt of truth. Yes. Say amen. amen. Now, I wanted to know, about in the spirit, in terms of the wars, in the spirit realm, they are worn on the basis of known truth. Amen. amen. The devil does not stand in the truth. John 8 verse 44 So uh, once you stand in the truth as your first step the, end, the, the, the battle is almost half won yeah. Because you have now no contender. Because he cannot stand the truth. Yeah. Now the question is, what truth? Yeah. What truth? 
Because when people preach on these things, they have a whole lot of beautiful interpretations. But one of the things you must know is that when you stand as a warrior to fight the enemy, your creden- what are credentials. Credentials. You will win based on your credentials as far as where you stand with as far as the truth is concerned. Your standing on the truth will win you battles. Everything hinges upon where do you stand as far as the truth of God's word is concerned. It's not how loud I pray. It's not how long I pray. It's not how much Hebrew or how much Greek or how much Spanish or English or Zulu I'm using in my prayer. It is where am I standing? How tight around my waist is the belt of truth? Do I have the truth of God? Am I built on the truth? Do I live in the truth? Do I believe the truth? Do I speak the truth? Say amen. Amen. Because once you understand that, when you begin to step out to fight, one of the things you will ensure that they are in place is what he calls the belt of truth. Or the belt of truth. So in spiritual warfare, in spiritual warfare, you must understand that you can't fight from any other place other than the place of truthfulness. Out of truthfulness. Because Satan smells a lie from a fake. If you fake, he can sniff you. Even before you even begin to say rabba he knows. He can smell. He can smell if you are standing on lies afar off. So what will cause us to even lose before we even begun is, is, is to stand on falsehood, on pretense, on hypocrisy, and lies. You pray so loud, but you are in the spirit world. They know you. They know your credentials. They know, exact, they know your badges. They know what you are worth in the spirit world. Tinala, we look at you. We look at how you hold the microphone. You sweat, and you're wearing your amazing suit in the realm of the spirit. You are gauged and assessed differently. They don't care what I'm wearing. They don't care what language I'm speaking. How fluent I am. They have no business. They want to know if I am standing on. Truth. Say amen. Amen. So if we do not practice the truth, if we do not practice the truth, little by little we have no fellowship with him. We have no fellowship with him. If I do not stand in the truth, we are in a battle alone. I can pray for three hours. I can do six to six or six to fourteen. It doesn't matter. Do six to whatever. Just keep on praying. But if sing a hobby, sing a meal, it does not matter how long, how loud we pray. Say amen. Amen. So that lent or yeah bande. It I do not dare step into the battle because when I do that, there's something called backlash. I am inviting the enemy's uh, anger and power, which is untrue to me because we later into a which is a name. If I pretend to be something I'm not. 
I am attracting something I am not supposed to attract. Say amen. Amen. according to Roma, gave away his identity. There the, the were details on the belt that gave away his identity. So they were very and not one was the same as the other because they had to be identified with So let we identity in the spirit. Out identity. Because Ibande it was an outward symbol of the soldier's identity. In other words, who are you? Who are you? As you stand in battle, who are you? They they ask you that those those beings that the Bible says they are not human. They don't sleep, they don't eat. As you stand, they they, they are questioning in the book of Acts, sons of Skiva. But we know Paul the apostle. But who are you? Because you don't have the badges. Because you are standing on nothing. You are standing on some scripture or TV somewhere and that's who you are. But who are you? What is your identity as you step out to fight? Are we the people we claim to be? What Do we have the belt of truth? Are we wearing the belt of truth? I know we like the sword of the spirit. Are we wearing the belt of truth? Am I wearing? Am I wearing the belt of truth? One of the things you will learn here is to be sober. I have no papas in your papa, papa, but no, just be grounded. No stuff. When you begin to pray, I pray, I can pray now in, in tongues. So I love tongues. But I want you to be sober minded. I want you to know what we are up against. Yeah. When we say we are calling a prayer meeting, hey. we are coming to pray. I want you to know what's going on mm. as we come. Oh, Jesus. Now the Bible says in 1 John 1, let's go there. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 to 10. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 to 10. The Bible says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So as we stand to battle, as we stand to war, we need to know what is the truth. What is truth about you? The Bible, I have no fellowship with Christ. So do I have, as I stand here to pray, do I have fellowship with Jesus Christ? I only have fellowship with Christ Jesus if I am truthful. If I am a person who is given to repentance. If I am a person who knows what it goes. I am not perfect. Now I stand in the truth because I am I'm being truthful. I must have an answer. 
Ultimate, I have no sin. I make him a liar. I'm into Jesus who leads us in battle. It's the Lord Jesus who leads us in battle. So, umangimla, nit angna son, but I know. That means I have made him a liar. I have no one going with me into war. I am all alone. I am all by myself. Say amen. Amen. Says if, if, if we say that we have no fellowship with him, then he says, and we are walking in darkness. Because I want you to be people of truth. In our country, we are preaching and teaching the incons of Penduk. Because whenever you stand, we want you to stand around your waist. Now, I want you to write this down. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 and verse 7. Are you with me, Mazarwan? Are you still here? It says, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. I think you are still there. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all sin say amen Amen. so how tight is the belt of truth around your waist how tight is the belt of truth around my waist. Do we live a life of repentance? How many of you here live a life of repentance? How many of you live in repentance? You don't live it when you sin, there's not too much gap between you sinning and you repenting. As soon as you fall and you realize, Lord, I've, I've, I've and you come to him. If you live like that, you are standing on truth. Because anytime the enemy challenges you, there, there is no way he can challenge you. Because the Bible says, if I confess my sin, he is just and faithful. But if I do not, I have made him a liar. That's what the Lord is talking about when he addresses through Paul. The issue of putting the belt of truth around your waist. Say amen. amen. So we need to know truth about ourselves, about myself. In other words, what is as I step into battle? What is my identity in battle? Now write this down. Because this must be clear to you. John 1 verses 11 to 13. The Bible says he came to his own and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So as you step into battle, after having repented, tell the enemy, this is who I am. I was a sinner. I did not deserve to stand here. But the Lord Jesus had mercy on me. He came and washed me in his blood. I once was not, but now I am. According to John 1, tell the enemy, he has given me the right to become. I have been given the right to become. I am now a child of God. So with authority, I stand and I challenge you against my children, against everything else. You must declare before the enemy in terms of your identity. This is God's truth. As far as your identity is concerned, after having ensured, there is nothing he sees 
Efana naye kuwe. You live a life of repentance otherwise you have no chance against principalities and powers. They know you, they know me. They know how to press my buttons. Mom Kabashi said she said on Friday we home sale. Everyone line ginger. If you were to be placed in a certain environment, you think you are strong. But if the enemy were to place you in a certain environment, conducive enough, uti leyakwe ekashile. Lokakhona ongazi ufunako. It comes out so easily. It is because you have not been placed in a situation. Yeah. According to who you are, according to your lights, according to your taste, according to your colors, according to your specifications. He knows what my so we must live a life of repentance because we are zero percent angelic but 100 percent human because of that from time to time you, you get up as soon as you can and you go before God and you say, Father, forgive me, oh God. Wash me. Cleanse me. And you will always be able to hold the sword of the spirit with confidence with faith you'll be able to hold the shield without any voice whispering nonsense in your ears we live in the truth we practice the truth we walk in the truth because if we stand on the lie we have no chance against the enemy. Now, one last scripture before Val. You must declare your identity before the enemy. State the truth. Ephesians 1 verse 7. The Bible in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Let the enemy know. It's not my works. Yeah. It's not my righteousness. Yeah. It's not the number of conferences I've attended. We have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. I have been forgiven. Gimla on the basis of the fact that Jesus Christ has forgiven me. Again, I am a believer because there is an echo in my... No. I know who I am. I stand against you on the grounds of the fact that Jesus Christ, number one, he has made me to become a child of God through his blood. Number two, acres in luck and my sins have been forgiven. Know where you are standing when you are challenging, when you are fighting your battles. One thing I do not appreciate Amazon you can never survive as a child of God on the basis of the take committee. I'm No. It's what Jesus says. Another thing, Mamun's man, that you must understand is the difference between 
facts and truth. Because as you stand to fight these battles that we are going to fight, you must understand there is a difference between Mamun Kabash effect. A fact is, if I go to a spectator and they do a scan on me and they detect, oh, today something in my blood, that's a fact. It's scientific. Because they've conducted a diagnosis, yeah. which is factual. But it's not truth. Truth is what God says about you. Zama concerning your destiny. So when you pray, you do this. You appreciate the facts, but I do not accept them because you are a woman of faith. Yeah. You say, according to God's word, the truth of the matter is, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, yeah. I am healed. Yeah. The truth is what God says. Fact is what the world presents to you. All the data. All the analysis, yeah. they put it together. They tell you because uh, if we do a projection in the next 10 years, you're not going to make it. Because of what you are owing, that, that is fact. You cannot wish it away. It's fact. Because the global assessments are financial. But are you going to live in fear and panic? On the basis of facts, or are you going to run to the word of God and find out what is the truth of God's word concerning my future and my destiny? Then you begin to pull the word of God as your truth and you fight facts with truth. Truth is what Jesus says in the midst of your problems, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of all opposition and frustration. So he says, put the belt of truth because should the enemy come to you running with a bunch of files full of facts concerning your life, why you cannot have another child? Because your, 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 your grandmother could not conceive and then uh, whatever they did in Ghana Puma within months and Kwanzigan Jalo in the last three people those are facts but I, as a warrior who knows that I have a preordained destiny and I must manifest the will of God for my life I begin to take the word of God Exodus 15 23 none of you will be barren there are promises in the world yeah. tailor made for you. Your future, God's people, looks like the promises of God. Oh. If you want to know how your future looks like, it looks like what God says about your finances, what God says about your children, what God says about your, not what you are seeing. This is why Ati, we do not walk by sight. We walk by faith because sight will present facts and facts can cripple you, will paralyze you, will put fear in you. He says, put the belt of truth around your waist. Know what the Father has said. When the enemy should whisper a voice of fear, pull out the truth and stand on God's truth. Stand by the one with me. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let us pray for a few moments. Father, we thank you. That is why we are called people of faith. We walk by faith. We know the effects around us. And they are so real. We cannot wish them away. But in spite of them, we chose to believe the report of the Lord. His report says I am free. His report says I am healed. His report says I am delivered. 
His report says I am restored. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus. 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 Now Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you, Lord Jesus. You are our truth. You are my reality. It's not what whoever says. It's what the Word of God says. We chose to believe the Word of God. We chose to walk in truth. We chose to be governed by the truth of God's Word. In the name of Jesus. Mazwana, just put your hands on your waist. Just everybody here, put your hands on your waist. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that in the realm of the Spirit, the belt of truth around our loins will be tightened, will grow tighter and tighter until nothing is loose. We thank you, Father God, that you are raising a breed of Christians who are not hypocrites, who are not walking in falsehood and lies, who are not living just to please other people, but they walk knowing whatever they do, they do it before the Lord. Even if it's in hidden places, they are doing everything for nothing is hidden from your view. You are raising a caliber of Christians who, irrespective of wherever they are, they chose to live and to walk in the truth. So, Father, as your people hold their waist today as a demonstration physical, I speak life upon them. I speak strength upon them. I speak faith. Give them the grace. Give all of us the grace to walk with you. To walk in the truth. To stand upon the truth. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And the church said amen. Amen. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you Holy Spirit. Thank you Jesus. Uh, you 